1: You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow. Thank you for joining me on Southern California Live. We are live in all of Southern California three to five each and every weekday, bringing you to the conversation for some encouragement, some fun, and uh, some discussion about the issues of the day. You can call in and join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And one of the things that we like to do on our program is take a look at uh, the news of the day, And there's a lot of news, especially on Monday, there's all kinds of stuff. And it's, you know, it's a Monday type of news day. So many things are just negative. Um, But uh, that's kind of the way the news works, right? One of the things for us as believers to point out that I think is important is we realize that every day that we have, our best days are ahead of us as Christians. Our absolutely best day is coming because we get to be in the kingdom of God. And so I think when you have that perspective... It gives us a chance to uh step back a little bit into um the mode of being somebody who I think is meant to from a from a standpoint of humility uh not not power some people are called to i think in the Christian life political you know power you know if you were called to into politics and you're going to be elected to something um and some of you are I think you should be uh asking whether or not God wants you to run for. School boards and and uh, especially local things, but by by that i don 't mean that you know Jesus never called the church to go out and get elected office and see if we can just force people to believe what we believe. I do think Jesus calls us to uh, participate in this country because the way this country is founded is we 're supposed to vote and pay attention, so we have some authority that I think is given by God in that way, and for some of us, we are called to run for office. There are a lot of christians i 'll say who are running for office who are not called to run for office, and the reason I say that is because they would do a terrible job or they get in and then they do a terrible job. You know I think that we 're called to do a good job if we're, if you 're called to to be in office, probably you should be uh, someone who is capable of of good government of doing the job well. The rest of us and the rest of the time. There were, you know, there's so much tension going on in the world today, in the political world, and talk of civil war and talk of violence, and uh, you know what? It's it's out there, it's out there. I saw on the freeway in Los Angeles uh, this weekend. I was out driving with the family, and I saw a banner that somebody made and hung over a, uh, um, you know, an overpass on the freeway, and it was this remark about the fbi and it said uh you know i know there's all kinds of controversy about the fbi and some of it's deserved i know that too but this person wrote uh, fbi hates white people and then they called it the federal bureau of uh israel and i thought well it's an anti-semitic group out there i mean this is a group making statements that that you know i just think you know what in the world are they doing um and they, put, it could be just one guy, right? It's not necessarily even a group. It can be one, one person. As Christians, how do we represent ourselves through this? How do we even help the people that we know, our family, who might be really agitated one way or the other on political issues? We've become a country where we are saying we would never even consider being friends with somebody who has different political views than us. And we divide even further, right? So there's divisions between liberals and progressives on one side and divisions between old school conservatives and you know new conservatives on uh, whatever that is on uh, the other side. And we divide and divide. I think as Christians we have the, the calling – to, number one, always be truthful as best that we can. And that's hard in a time where it's very hard to know the truth. Things aren't reported very well. Things are, there's a lot of speculation. And this is this is something that, and you can call in, let me know your two cents on this, 888-528-2557. Uh, this is Southern California Live. Um, this, here's the thing that, and maybe you've noticed this on, if you watch cable news and uh, or even read a lot of opinion papers. So I, I get up in the morning and I'll read a lot of newspapers and I'll go through the opinion columns and then I'll watch some cable news and I try to flip around all the stations, right? Um, if you watch this on especially the TV stations, what happens is a group of people will get together, a group of commentators, and most of the time it's not news. And that's true on, on Fox, MSNBC, CNN. It's not really news a lot of the time. It's, it's opinion, And, you know, depending on the leaning of the network, you kind of know where their opinion is. So they get together, and what they do is they speculate about an issue, and they come up with maybe this is true, and then they talk about it for 15 minutes as if it's actually true, which is a very odd thing. So, for example, with the the raid on Mar-a-Lago, some people – the people speculate about what they took, Right. Uh, what Donald Trump might be accused of or might be guilty of or whatever, right? And then they talk about the segment as if whatever they speculated might be true. And I think Trump has nuclear secrets over there. They obviously, if they wouldn't have gone in, if it wasn't something serious, he must have nuclear secrets. And then you have a panel discussion on why it's bad that Donald Trump has the nuclear codes. And they talk about it as if they know he has the nuclear codes and there's no evidence that he has those things. We don't even know. I joked about it. I joked it would be great if he like had designs for a nuclear submarine and he made himself his own submarine so he could just go around the world and maybe threaten Greenland because he's mad that Greenland didn't sell itself to him uh, when he was president. He really did present uh, – he really did want to buy Greenland, which may not have been a bad idea, right? I mean we bought Alaska. That turned out to be a good deal. Or maybe on the other side, right? So some people are arguing that the FBI went in and planted evidence. The thing is is that we don't even know what they took out of there. Yeah, we have no idea. So you have a speculation, the FBI planted evidence, and then a conversation about how bad it is that the FBI plants evidence, but we don't really know that they did that. So one of the things that I've tried to say, and it's hard, and I like to speculate, you know, I'm guilty of it. What in the world are they going to find? I like to speculate what's in that affidavit. So uh, some news that's come out today have said that uh, the judge who, um, the magistrate who allowed for the warrant for that search is being petitioned the Trump administration not administration the Donald Trump people want him to release the affidavit or so they say publicly and the justice department says no we don't want you to release it the just the judge said well some of it could be released and he suggested that maybe on the last week he suggested that maybe you could present me with a redacted version where they they black out different parts that they think are national security that they don't want anyone to see. Today, the judge, same judge kind of lamented and said, looks like uh, if you're probably should be released, but you're going to redact most of it. And I thought that's probably true. They're going to come out with a redacted version on Thursday, and it's going to have only is, the, and uh, those words on it, probably Trump, you know, orange man bad. It's going to say, you know, you can make it say whatever you want it to say. It's going to say nothing. So, the reason we should be careful, other than the fact that we want to be, you know, well, it's, we want to be truthful, but the reason we want to be truthful is not so that we can be right, whatever side you're on as far as what to be right. It's about our testimony with others. Uh, it's about being a person who is not going out on a limb uh, and then sawing the limb off that they're sitting on because we went down a path that was just completely out there. Ephesians 4.2, with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, that's how we should pursue things. Patience is a big part of it. So we can wait. And one of the other issues that's out here that I speculated some on, on Friday, We got some information. And the reason I'm I'm saying this is because, you know, the information comes out eventually. It's possible we're never going to know what exactly they were looking for with the the Trump raid because he was the president and there's so many issues. If he gets charged with something or if he gets indicted, then we're going to know. If there's a trial, we'll know. But if nothing happens, then we may never know whether this was just politically motivated or not. I think it's going to feel that way. Uh, if there is no charges coming or nothing serious, but there's just going to be back and forth to be political. And it's going to be, we just need to be really careful about what we say and get distracted by. Another issue that's more local is the recall petition for District Attorney Gascon was rejected. And last week I said, you know, uh, there's an awful lot of ballots that were were tossed out because the uh, signatures were wrong. And what I noted was that in the the list of them that were thrown out, it's pretty bad. And I said, something's wrong here. And some people suggested and speculated that the district or the uh, registrar, the LA registrar voters uh, registrar uh, recorder, his name is uh, uh, Dean Logan, I think, uh, that he's a bad man, that he did something that he cheated somehow. But In this case, we actually do get to look at it. One of the craziest things is that there were over 5,000 signatures from people who were out of the country, Uh, 32,000 different addresses, 45,000 duplicates. And I thought, how in the world did this even get turned in? Well, it turns out that uh, it's not the registrar. So if you've been uh, tweeting out uh, some bad things about them, you got to let them off the hook. He didn't do it. Uh, probably what they put forward is right, according to Jennifer Van Laar at Red State, the Recall Gascon Committee knowingly turned in invalid petition signatures and misled donors and volunteers. In an article, it's on Red State. Um, it's pretty fascinating, and here is the reason I think it's fascinating. Uh, we're in a time where we're talking about lawlessness, and usually what we're referring to are are violent crimes that people are committing. Or crimes that we're seeing on on video and people breaking into convenience stores. Uh, An article in the LA Times today that was the headlining article uh, this morning about what happens when there is a street takeover. This is where people get together and they – through social media, they gather a bunch of people and then people in cars do donuts in some intersection – all throughout the city, you see these skid marks and intersections. I've, in fact, even since I just moved here, I have some time where I just sort of drive around kind of to get some idea of the area where I live. And I've gone down like the end of the road. I just kind of crisscross like a grid. And I've been surprised at how often I've seen the skid marks and stuff, even on roads that are in canyons and way out in the uh, in the valleys. And this is something that's really common. This is happening a lot and it's bad. People are getting hurt several people in los angeles have been wounded because you're gathering around these people are doing donuts and then they hit you um and it's also bringing out people who are in some rival gangs and it's bringing out some people who just uh decide they want to do something violent or they start drinking or they get high and they're doing stuff in these kind of raucous crowds and it hasn't been good and we when we talk about lawlessness we talk about that a lot but there's a lot of lawlessness that happens behind the scenes isn't there Or even if we're going to call it lawlessness, and we have to, from a biblical sense, lawlessness is the idea not just of breaking a country's laws, but it's really about breaking God's laws. It's really about dishonesty. It's really about selfish motives. It's really about, uh, when we talk about the lawless generation and a lawless time, I think a lot of our news is about crimes that we can see. But the lawlessness that Jesus is talking about as a sign of the end times, the lawlessness that the scriptures point out so often is really about what's on man's heart and the dishonesty we have toward God. Did you know that? That you can be somebody who keeps all of man's laws, but be a very lawless person in your heart if you are breaking a lot of laws of God's laws. A good friend of mine is a, I think he's retired now, actually, come to think of it, but he had been a a chaplain for juvenile hall. And I used to have him come and speak for me all the time. And He always gave the same sermon. And it was always riveting and great, even though I heard it 10 times. But his sermon was the same thing. And he talked about people in juvenile hall. He would say, I work with kids who, when they sin, what they do is they get caught and their sin is public And when they get caught, their arms are put behind their back and their head is pushed on the hood of a police car. And sometimes there's pictures of it and they go to court and people find out what's going on. He goes, I work with those people. He goes, but and the point he would always make with everybody in the room, which I thought was brilliant as he goes, you know, most of us, when we are lawless, uh, we don't get arrested. Most of us, when we're being sinful, it's not something that's against God's law. It's something that is just as damaging to society, though, in a different way, that there is tremendous damage to falsehood and false teaching. There is tremendous damage that happens when there is gossip, when there is slander, when we treat each other so poorly that when we lie about each other, when we make up stuff about each other, when we become a culture of just tearing each other down, it's not illegal, most of the time, You know, once in a while you find somebody where you've gone too far and there's libel and some lawsuits, but most of the time you don't get really punished for it, and yet it's destroying our culture. Have you noticed that? And that's something for us to think about. You're listening to Southern California Live, I'm Scott Furrow, your host, we're on every day from three to five. You can call and join the conversation 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Eight 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 five two 528 2557 I'm bringing this up because as we take a look at it, we take a look at what's happening in our culture, and it's bad. What happened in this Gascon thing is that there's lawlessness basically in the company that gathered all of those signatures, that they did not do a good job. What Red State is reporting is that they just wanted the numbers, that they just wanted ultimately to get paid, and that some of the people who were in charge knew for over a month that the progress was inadequate, that the signatures from out-of-the-country people. Like, if you fill out a, a voter form, a, one of those petition things, and you don't live here, whoever is holding that piece of paper should be able to say to you, no, you don't count. You don't even live in the country. And anybody who was reviewing those things, it should have been obvious. And there were thousands of those people and what really became clear is that the entire process, from from a process standpoint, was corrupt. That, and somebody's going to be in trouble. There's probably going to be lawsuits and other things. There is a corruption going on that's behind the scenes that is just as destructive as people who break into, um, you know, a Seven Eleven and clean it out. You know, maybe not the physical violence that's there, except that if the legal system is not really protecting people, then there are people who, by by relation to this, this not going forward, if the recall was the righteous thing to do, there are people who are going to be physically hurt as a result. You don't see it in the connection. It won't be there um, in the standpoint of statistics, but it happens and and God sees it. See, what I'm saying is that the dishonesty that we have, the reason that all throughout Scripture, Christians are called in the New Testament over and over again, we are called to make sure that we are kind with each other, that we use uplifting language, that we build each other up, and that we do not gossip, we do not slander, we do not get into lots of uh, the, the problems that people get into when they do that. It's because it causes harm. It causes true harm. And see, lawlessness is the the work of the devil. I was meeting with a pastor friend of mine one time, actually a bunch of pastors we were gathering. In fact, it's something that if your pastor never does this, and most pastors don't, it's not really available. But if your pastor doesn't regularly get together with other pastors to pray for each other and to build each other up and to really talk about ministry struggles with each other, um, that's one of the reasons that pastors burn out is sometimes there's nobody to talk to and you need that. Pastors can do that for each other, and we get together, and we make fun of each other's ministry and all of that, but then we we build each other up, you know, in a a friendly way. The the lawlessness that goes on, the reason that the Antichrist is the worker of lawlessness is because he is um, doing so much to stir up trouble. When Jesus is asked about the end times, and he talks about lawlessness, that lawlessness will be increased, the very next thing he says is, the love of many will grow cold. And it's what I would ask you to think about when we're looking at all this lawlessness that's happening in this world today, when we're looking at all of these different problems, is how is my heart when it comes to other people? Am I the person who tears people down, or do I build people up? When I think of my church— and i think this matters when we when we're a part of church it matters because there are so many difficulties this is what came out of my pastor's meeting is we were talking about the struggles that we're having with grumblers or with people who were one time i was having trouble with people who were just like selling their mlms to everybody you know it's like and i had a guy i had to, i had to ask him to leave because you know he would corner new people and try to sell his candles or whatever he was trying to to pawn off on people and you know, it's not church. That's not the way it should be. And the, the violence that's done to somebody when they come to church and all they get is negativity, and all they get is somebody trying to sell them something, and it just looks like something else. And then maybe they go off and they they don't uh, follow up on whatever brought them to the church in the first place. Anyway, we're talking about this, and all of us are talking about gossip problems. We're talking about uh, you know, administrative problems. We're talking about all of these things. And one guy who had an inner city church, he says, and this is what he said. He goes, I had to fire my worship guy. Oh, really? Why? And he goes, well, because he went back to pimping. We're like, what? He went back to it? What are you talking about? And he went through the story of this guy's, uh, he came to Jesus, he repented. And uh, this this guy's church, the people in that church were all a mess, and they had so much sexual sin, so much violence, so much other stuff. It was just this rough church. And the love this pastor had for this guy says, yeah, I had to let him go because he went back to that, but we're still going to pursue him and he's never going to be worship guy again. Maybe you shouldn't have been in the first place. But he said, look, I don't have a choice. He's the, he was the most mature person I had for a while. <laughs> There's probably problems with that. But you know what, I'll tell you what, is that every one of us in that circle wished we were at his church. We all said the same thing. We all said, I wish that that was my problem. I wish that the sins I were dealing with were not a bunch of people who think that what they're doing is right because that's the sins of the heart of gossip and slander and murmuring and fault finding and is that we do those things we always think we're right. You know, the guy who goes back to pimping, he knows that's wrong. The guy who is uh, having an affair, the guy who's an extra, you know, sometimes people will try to argue philosophically that those things are okay, but everybody knows they're wrong. And in the church, those things are much easier to deal with. The hard thing to do is when somebody is, totally in sin because of the way they treat other people, but they think that they are right. My friends, examine yourself. This is why Jesus says, take the log out of our own eye. When we're looking at lawlessness around the world and increased lawlessness, it comes down to people loving each other. It comes down to whether we actually love each other. And the scary thing about the end times is the spiritual condition of many, even who are believers, uh, is not right. And the clue of the lawlessness of the heart is how we treat others. Do you build people up? Make it a practice. Make it a practice to be encouraging. And if you feel like you want to complain, you know, do it to the right person in the right way, or don't do it at all. There's probably things going on that you don't even know. Always be positive. Can I encourage you that way? And before we judge other people that we see doing terrible things on the news, sometimes the sins that are around are behind the scenes. Sometimes the sins that are going on No one's getting arrested for it. No one's going to be on the news for it. But they are incredibly dangerous. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'll be back in just a moment as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues.
1: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is great to be with you today on this Monday. hope it's not too manic for you. It is a Monday. There's a reason for that, right? I guess it's because we have the whole week ahead of us, but if we have the right perspective on our week and we realize that every single day is the Lord's, we can get through whatever. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. That's 888-LA-TALKS. You can also email me at Live at KKLA. Uh, In the news today, uh, Dr. Fauci is retiring, and he's, uh, what is he, 81, 82 years old, um, which uh, seems young to retire these days in the federal government. And did you know, maybe you knew this, and that's a joke, but it's not, right? I mean, if Biden runs for re-election, which I think he's not going to ultimately, he won't say that until, you know, December, January. But if he does, we're talking about Biden, if he got re-elected, he would be 86 before he left office. That's incredible. I mean, it's, (laughs) you know, some of you out there are 86 and you're doing pretty well. I know a guy who is well into his 80s and he is in great physical shape. He gets up in the morning and does a hundred ups. That's in the, he says, that's the reason that says that's his reason for longevity. He might be right about that. Uh, anyway, Dr. Fauci is retiring. Do you know that he gets, and this isn't to make you frustrated. I want to make you think, About this. He gets a pension. Okay. He's been the director of the National Institutes of Health uh, for what, 30 years, 40 years almost, I think. He's the highest paid federal employee, Dr. Fauci is. He gets paid more than the president, he gets paid more than anybody else who works for the federal government. Dr. Fauci. Part of it's because he's been there a long time, right? You keep getting raises. And if you stay in that same job for a while, eventually, you know, your money, your your income keeps going up in the government since they uh, pretend like it's uh, fake money. They can just keep increasing it if they want to. You and I are paying for that. He's retiring, highest paid federal employee. I think he also has the highest paid federal pension. He's going to get $350,000 a year in a pension. $350,000 $350,000 a year in the pension. You know what the president gets? Presidents uh, Trump and Obama and Bush and Clinton right now, they're getting $219,000 a year. That's the pension for former presidents as of today. 219000 But Dr. Fauci gets 350000 That's how much more money he's getting paid, by the way, than uh, just about anything else. I'm sure it's a percentage probably is how they do that. Why, here's the point I want to make. Why is it that Dr. Fauci is the highest paid federal employee? Have you thought about that? It's not because, you know, he's Dr. Fauci or he's, you know, discovered a cure for cancer or anything like that. Part of it's because he's been around a long time. But the other part of it, I believe, I believe this is the reason this isn't documented somewhere in Congress. Okay. But I believe this is the reason. I believe the reason is because if there is no God and we pursue things so often as a country, as if there is no God, if there is no God, then the most important person in this country is the top healthcare official in the country. Think about that for a minute. Aren't we in particular, most afraid of what? We're most afraid of, of death we are most afraid of of getting sick. I don't like to get sick, and I you know I get it, you know. Uh yesterday I made some dinner. I made chicken tacos at home and I opened up this package of guacamole that we had got at Costco or something. It looked fine, it smelled fine, and we put it on all the tacos, and then I when we're eating them, Christy says to me, "This this tastes funny." And I noticed I wasn't going to say anything, but I thought, yeah, it does taste funny. And I thought, well, maybe it was something in the marinade or something. Um, And she goes, is this guacamole okay? And I said, well, it looked okay. You know, guacamole gets brown 10 minutes after it's open, but it's in the sealed package. And I thought it'd be fine. And then I went over and it it just tasted, it's hard to explain it. It tasted very spicy limey, like not terrible, but not great. And I went over there and I checked the package and it had expired several weeks ago on the package. So I, I don't know. I put out there, you know, what should I be expecting in the next uh, 24 hours after eating all of that? Um, I thought, do I need to tell the station? I may not be here today. You know, I ate some uh, some spicy limey guacamole. And I started to fear getting sick. And so what's funny is I do this to myself. I I started having stomach problems, but nobody else in my family did. And Christy says to me, it's because that's in your head. You're doing that to yourself. I put there on Facebook, you know, what should I expect? And everybody put funny things out there. Uh, If I ever use social media, it's to advertise for the program or to put something silly out there uh, just to bring some levity to it. Anyway, I'm fine. But, you know, just even that one thing makes us worry about getting sick. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to miss work. I don't want to have whatever is coming. And then as we get older, we... We don't want to die ultimately, right? I mean, that's a whole lot of the fear uh, that has, I think, made everything chaos when it comes to the COVID and everything that we've been dealing with. And it's gotten absurd. Uh, let me tell you how absurd this has gotten. 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. Los Angeles County is offering free COVID tests for your pets. Did you know this? Free COVID pets for your test, for your for your pets. Zero pets have come down with COVID in Los Angeles County, but you can get a free COVID test from LA Public Health. Maybe Barbara Ferrer is going to be the next Dr. Fauci. Maybe our health, uh, Los Angeles County um, health officer is going to be the next Dr. Fauci. Somebody's going to take that job. If you're out there and you're celebrating Dr. Fauci uh, is leaving, hooray. uh, How do you know the next person isn't going to be more controversial? You don't. Um, LA Public Health is offering free COVID-19 testing for pets across LA County. So far, 177 animals have been tested, including 107 bats. We're... (sighs) Do you, do you grab the bat and do you take the Q-tip and stick it up its nose and stir it around for a while? And, uh, you know, how do you do this? And who's – maybe the better question is who's doing this? Uh, so far, 177 animals have been tested, 107 bats, 12 raccoons, 7 squirrels, 12 coyotes, 6 opossums, 1 rat, and 6 sea lions. That. That's who has been tested in. There have been no positive cases of these animals. But if you would like to stick a Q-tip up your cat's nose and swirl it around for a while, or maybe you have a a lizard, how do you do this? Um, I'm sure there's some reason, but I'm, I'm not really sure. I suppose if they're testing bats, they probably have some fear. Uh, because it's probably came from a bat either in, out in the wild or lots of people believe in a lab, you know, one way or the other is some kind of bat thing probably. Um, but they're offering these tests to, uh, us. I love my dog. I have a puppy. His name is Winston. And, uh, I've never worried though that, uh, Winston has the COVID. I've, it, I've never thought to myself that he should put on a mask.
3: They really should wear the
2: mask. I don't know that our pets should wear masks. I'm really not sure that's true. Is this a good thing? I know I'm making fun of it and I'm joking and lots of people joked about it. There's probably some reason, but I think scientifically I'm sure there's a reason, right? There's somebody out there. If you're the one who sticks the uh, Q-tip up the bat's nose, please give me a call. 888-528-2557. We'd like to know why. And why is it that it's – I get 107 bats. There's something about that that, okay, that kind of makes sense. Maybe we should be testing the bats. Okay. 12 raccoons. Uh, do you grab the raccoon by the tail and spin it around for a while? How do you catch the seven squirrels, uh, 12 coyotes, six opossums, one rat. There's one rat somewhere in Los Angeles who is in the sewer telling all of his friends, you would not believe what happened to me. The, they came down in their spaceship, and they probed this thing up my nose and spun it around, and they're making fun of them, all the other rats. They're going, ah, it didn't happen to you, ah, you know, and he's going, no, I'm serious, it happened, and they're coming for you. That's happening in the rat world, I'm sure. 888 um, 528 Let's go to uh, Robert in Lomita. Robert, welcome to Southern California Live.
3: Hey, how's it going, man?
2: Good, Robert, how are you?
3: I'm doing okay. Thank you for talking to me. Yeah. Um, I was just tripping on, uh, you know, Fauci. Uh, I mean, it's not that really uh, a big deal that he's retiring or he's made a whole bunch of money. Everybody in the Democratic uh, government has made a whole lot of money. Pelosi's made over $300 million. Biden, uh, Biden, uh, Biden Hunter Biden, and yep. his dad. They the, well, they're, they're all
2: making money. So what do you think is going to happen here? <laughs> it,
3: it doesn't matter. They haven't told us the truth yet. I don't think they're going to start just because Fauci's
2: leaving. All right. Well, you might be right, Robert. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, hopefully not. Let's hopefully, you know, I think we should hold out some hope. This is like I said at the beginning of the hour, is we have to wait and see. Because I understand that maybe somebody's going to come who's going to, you know, Dr. Fauci, you either love him or you hate him, right? Half of you think he's great. The other half think he's a liar. I understand. That's the country, right? That's he's about 50-50 out there. Most people are, are frustrated with the COVID thing. Can I give you this about Dr. The reason he's the highest paid person is not because he's Dr. Fauci. It's because we are afraid of death more than anything else. And that's why it's getting absurd even with the worried about our pets having the, uh, the COVID. There's probably a scientific reason, like I said, but offering them out to the general public. You know, if you're worried that your, your opossum, your guinea pig has COVID, I don't know what to tell you. I think you're worried too much about this we need to not fear death. It makes us crazy. And that is kind of where we're at, right? Let's hope that the next person, the next person to take Dr. Fauci's job is somebody who can approach it in a different way. Let's hope that the next person is able to regain some of the trust. We should be open to that. We should hope that that's there. I think they're going to have to communicate better. Uh, they're going to have to be able to differentiate between what's a political policy and what's scientific policy. Can we hope for that? Because I, I think the scary part is that we're too worried about death. As believers, we don't have to worry about death. We have Jesus. Like the worst thing to happen to you if you're a believer is not that you're going to get sick and die, uh, because then you get to go be with heaven and to die is gain. Let's not fear. Let's not be stupid, but let's not fear death let's help point people to jesus which is the the way the truth and the life i gotta take a break and uh i'll be back for your calls 888-528-2557 this is southern california live i'm scott furrow your host i'll be back as the monday edition of socal live continues you're listening to socal live with scott furrow on 99.5 kkla welcome back everybody southern california live I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, we start talking about Dr. Fauci and retiring and the pension he gets, why he's the highest paid federal employee, and I'm guessing that's the highest pension. And it's because we're so afraid of death, right? The reason that we pay this person the most money of anybody in the government is that if there's no God in particular then all we have is Dr. Fauci or whoever his replacement will be. All we have is medical science to give us hope that we can live just a little bit longer. That's it. That's all we got. And that's not a criticism about Dr. Fauci in particular. That's, that's you know, what I'm, you know, maybe he deserved that much money. He's been there for 40 years, you know, and somebody made the comment that, you know, government officials, uh, you know, a whole nother subject about probably the, the corruption of government officials who make too much money um chuck from san diego writes i'm going to self-identify as dr fauci's son so that when he dies i can get his pension (laughs) okay all right i get it that's hilarious um let's go to dave in corona the number is 888-528-2557 southern california live i'm scott furrow dave in corona welcome to southern california live hi
3: scott i just wanted to make a comment um Maybe you have an opinion on it. Uh, something I never hear from Fauci or any of the officials is what about the people that haven't taken any shots and haven't been sick at all, just relied on their immune system, and by the grace of God, haven't been sick at all the last couple of years or whatever?
2: Yeah. Well, that's uh, part of the controversy. I appreciate uh, you calling, Dave, on that. You know, the CDC recently basically just said that their recommendations now are the same for the vaccinated or the unvaccinated. I think that the statistics will say that at least through the Delta uh, variant that vaccinated people uh, were far less likely to die. That's what the statistics uh, say. I know some people agree or disagree, but that's what the statistics say. Uh, But current stuff is uh, real questionable about that. In fact, uh, they're announcing that there's a new booster shot for the the, I guess it's the BA5 variant that we're on right now. And, uh and, you know, as we talk about this, I know there's far fewer deaths. A lot of people have it. Most people are moving through it pretty easily. I know people right now who have it. There's one person, I was scary. Okay. That, that they've got it. So we want to be sensitive about that. But a lot of the question is, is are we even still on the BA5 variant or has that moved on? And this booster will do nothing. And only about 35%, I think of Americans do that. Um, you know, what I would say is there is so much politics in this, and when we move through it, what I would hope happens with Dr. Fauci's replacement. And in fact, one of the things I think, you know, as far as how we treat him or anybody as Christians, you know, Colossians 3.12 says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other of any if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. You know, I've got my problems with uh, Dr. Fauci, um, but I also have some compassion for him in two ways, you know, three ways. One, I don't even know him. So, you know, I hope he knows the Lord. I hope that whatever's going on in his life, that he loves Jesus and that he gets forgiven the same way that the rest of us do by faith in Christ. I hope that's his life. Uh, I hope there, If it's not, I hope there's somebody in his life, in his retirement, that's going to tell him about Jesus, and we'll meet him then. Um, I'm also, you know, I feel bad for him because at 79, nobody knew his name, hardly right, and then by the time he's 80, 81, 82, half the world hates him. Uh, I feel bad for old guy. I also think that uh, we should have not put him in charge of policy. He should have been a guy in the room talking about what's going on, but there should have been a much bigger team when we had the COVID. I hope something we learned is that the next time there's something like this, we need people to be an advocate in the room with the president and all the doctors and whoever the decision-makers are who are going to advocate for kids and education, advocate for uh, the economy, advocate for everything, because there's a whole lot of people who are hurt uh, because of things that uh, are just a byproduct of all the stuff we did. A lot we can talk about that. But as we, you know think about Dr. Fauci, how do we move on in a positive way so that the next person is somebody who can be respected and not or not lose the respect that at least maybe half the people uh, think. 888 528 2557 Tony in City Terrace, welcome to Southern California Live. You're talking about uh testing on animals. We talked about that a moment ago.
3: Yes. The test of an animal actually when I test what I put my beautiful dogs uh, through that? Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I think I love my dogs beyond, um, you know, <laughs> and do something we, to that extreme to make them suffer.
2: Yeah. We mentioned um, before the break that uh, the county is giving you free COVID tests for your pets. I'm just wondering if anybody would do that. So you wouldn't you know, do that to I, your dog. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to my dog either, I don't think.
3: Personally, no. Personally, I would not. I, I, like I said, I would not put my dog actually, you know, in, in that situation. Now, when it comes to COVID-19 and everything, I mean, does it, does it exist? You know what? I'm not a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, but I see situations of individuals, you know, with those symptoms that, you know, uh, doctors, you know, fasci or whoever, you know, talks about it. Uh, at Kaiser, they, they really put that out, you know, ahead like you must, 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 must do that. Uh, my wife and I, actually, we had those symptoms, you know, and uh, we just it at home it's not the matter that you're just a believer you know the point is you know my mama used to say hey just go to sleep and allow your body to heal itself is is you know and, and those are the natural things that we tend to forget you know we get paranoid and, mm-hmm. and even a lot of individuals that big believers of you know of our of our lord you know fear fear yep. overcomes that you know that that so-called i'm a believer you know, but when it comes to reality, they're not there. You know, yeah. I hear the gentleman. You know, the gentleman saying, "Hey, I feel sorry for Dr. Foschi that no one knew about him, and that's too bad." That now, come on, stop mocking whether he's older or not. It doesn't matter. That he was chosen to be that way. Um, you know, by politicians. Yeah, you know, but unfortunately, we select those politicians and politics. That in you know that they select those individuals.
2: Yeah. All right, I you appreciate know, and, your call. And, appreciate your call, Tony. I want to get one more call before I have to be done for today. Gus in Rancho Cucamonga, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. Go ahead, Gus.
1: So I had heard the comment about Dr. Fauci's you know, retirement, his pension and so forth, and there was a comment also made on what the presidents make. Yeah. Uh, in terms of and to me I, I'm a public employee. Uh, you know, it takes time to build up your pension. You know, most people, you know, 20, 30 years before they can get, uh, you know, a decent uh, retirement. So to me, it's even more surprising to see that a president for four years can get that type of pension. (laughs) That to me is ridiculous, and that's one of the problems that we have with our pension system. Dr. Fauci, on the other hand, yeah, he's been there 30, 40 years. I think uh, it's a percentage of his pension or his regular uh, work uh, stipend. Right. So I don't that as a problem but i do see a problem these politicians that oftentimes run for office you know not to say in, in the federal government but like you see it a lot in the state uh just to be able to get that medical uh check or the the return the pension you know just for serving four to six years and yeah. i think that's the problem in our, in our government
2: it is that's a huge problem and i got to let you uh, go gus i appreciate that that is you know it's something that's a, a good topic good you know for us to think about is you know are we creating scenarios that cause people to run for office where it's just purely financial that came up several times this hour people talking about different politicians making a lot of money um or leveraging you know when the when the clintons ran for pr- the presidency they were pretty broke i think he made $35,000 a year which it's not, a, it was nothing today. It still wasn't a lot back then as the governor of Arkansas, Hillary made a lot at the law firm. Um, they left broke, but they were able to leverage what they, you know, their position as president to make a lot of money. And there's a lot of criticism, you know, for that. How do we create a system? Maybe something to to think about another topic that doesn't just enrich people. I think that's part of the corruption. What I tell people who are running for office the first time and you know most people i know who run for office are running with really good things in mind they want to go and they want to reform they want to go and they want to change things they they're very idealistic about it and what happens so often is that after one reelection one term they get reelected they become more about making money raising money that's kind of the, there's a systemic problem that is there if i could just leave you with this today as we, we talk about these people Uh, We are called to love each other, to be compassionate, Colossians tells us, to have compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And at the end of the day, they can't take it with them. Whether you've earned your pension, you've earned your salary, however people look at that, people are going to have different opinions about it. We want to make sure that people love the Lord. That's the most important thing for everybody This is what we are called to do. We're ambassadors of Christ. We are strangers here is the idea that we are here. This is not our home. Our home is everlasting life with heaven. You get that by believing in Jesus Christ and it gives you a purpose and meaning in this life to love others in the way that Jesus would. Something that we all need to work on, including myself. Everybody, it's great to be with you today. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We're on every weekday from three to five. God bless you. I will see you tomorrow